Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 282 of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks for being here with me today. I hope life is treating you amazingly well. If you have not already, before we get started, go check out my Cash Game Masterclass. It is full of information that you need to know to succeed at both the small stakes games and the very high stakes games if you are diligent enough, disciplined enough, and grind enough to get there. So check that out at pokercoaching.com slash cash right now. I promise you will not be disappointed. If you don't like it, ask for a refund. If I do not help you become a much better poker player, I do not deserve to be paid by you, and I don't want to be paid by you. So all my products come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's kind of free if you don't like it. All right, today let's take a look at a hand from 2,000, 4,000 with an 8,000 straddle. They're playing for real here. Um, so... Folds around to Makita Badzikowski in the cutoff seat with uh, about a 600,000 stack, so 150 big blinds normally, but with the straddle, it's only 75 big blinds. He has ace 10 offsuit and uh, will definitely raise from the cutoff in this scenario. I think a raise to about 2.5 or 3 big blinds is perfectly viable. He does make it 22,000 euros. This is from the Triton Poker, Party Poker. Um, Montenegro, super high roller cash game. Folds around to Tan Juan, I believe that's how you say his name, who has pocket jacks in the big blind. And he can either three bet or call. And I would almost always three bet in this scenario because when you call, you let Badzikowski realize his equity with whatever he has. Like just say as queen nine, right? He gets to see if he gets a queen or a straight or whatnot. So you don't really want to let that happen. And if you do three bet, he's going to call you with a lot of inferior hands. So a hand like pocket jacks is, you know, a little bit susceptible to being outdrawn. And also it just has plenty of equity. And if you do have to get it all in for 600,000, such as life, right? It's 75 big blinds. So for 75 big blinds, are you happy to get it all in with jacks preflop against uh, a very strong player like Makita? The answer is yes. So I would have almost certainly just three bet this hand preflop, but he calls. Pops 54,000 with about 560,000 remaining. Pop, flop comes king, queen, two. It's a pretty awful flop for Tan. Tan or Tan? We're going to say Tan. And he likes to check. Uh, this is a board where perhaps he could bet with just his entire range. I don't think that would be too out of line. That said, this is a board that should just nail Makita's range. So... I'm okay with the check, but recognize that you're going to, what, check, call, flop, and then check, fold, turn. You certainly don't love the scenario. So now, should Makita take this hand and bluff it? I think it's certainly viable. I do not see a problem with betting here with your draws. So what are your draws? You really don't have a whole lot of them, right? On king, queen, two, with, without a flush draw. I mean, ace, ten's a draw. Jack, ten's a draw. Ten, nine's a draw. Jack nine's a draw. That's about it. And, you know, you don't have all the combinations of all of them because you don't play the offsuit ones. Maybe you play the offsuit ones, depending on how wide he's opening in the cutoff seat. Um, whenever you are raising, by the way, from the cutoff seat, but there's a straddle, you should raise a little bit tighter than normal because instead of raising into two unknown hands, you're raising into three unknown hands, right? So you have to be a little bit tighter. So he's probably not raising stuff like Jack nine offsuit here. Maybe he is, though. I don't know. Um... So if he doesn't have jack-9 offsuit, doesn't have 10-9 offsuit, 
may not even have Jack-10 offsuit. I think it's fine to raise Jack-10 offsuit, but he may not even have that. If he doesn't have those, then he really just doesn't have many draws at all, in which case he should be bluffing with whichever ones he has. Once Tan checks, I think Badzikowski gets to bet here pretty frequently. You'd have to think Tan has a lot of marginal made hands, and Badzikowski can put him in a pretty tough spot just by betting flop, turn, and river. So I don't mind to bet. And you can start with a small bet size. And then if you feel inclined, you can make a bigger bet on the turn and then a giant bet on the river. And if you think your opponent's going to fold out everything besides like a good king or better, it's going to make them fold out almost their whole range by the river, which is quite a strong play. So Makita does bet 15,000. Tan does call with the pocket jacks. Uh, some people look at this and say, why would you call a jacks if you just have to fold if your opponent bets again on the turn? It's because it's okay to fold out the bottom portion of your range on each betting round. Now, you don't want to be folding out the bottom half of your range or the bottom two-thirds of your range, but you should be folding out the bottom, you know, 20%, 25%. When you're facing a tiny bet, you should be folding out the bottom, like, 15%, so almost none. So, given you should fold out almost none, well, pocket jacks definitely falls in the top 85% of Tan's range there. Now, when he does check call, now pocket jacks gets a little bit weaker in his range, right? And so he may feel inclined to fold to a turn bet, and I think that would be perfectly viable. You are supposed to fold some portion of your range every time your opponent bets, assuming you're trying to be anywhere near fundamentally sound. All right, turn to seven of spades. I would think Tan has an easy check. He does check. And now should Makita bluff? This is where knowing your opponent is just highly, highly, highly valuable, because if you know Tan will fold out a queen or maybe even a king by the river, then that's just amazing. You're just going to crush him by betting turn and river because he's folding a little bit too often. If he's going to call down a lot, well, now we probably don't want to bet. And you may go back to the flop. Why bet the flop if we plan on not betting the turn? Well, because now we essentially got to see the turn and the river relatively cheaply, right? For a whopping two pre-flop big blinds. So I think it's okay to give up here if you think your opponent is going to call you a lot. But if you expect to have a decent amount of fold equity on the turn in the river, I would go for a big bet now and then jam the river. Bet something like 100 now. That'd make pot go up to 284, and then you could jam river for 450. That's aggressive. Don't get me wrong. But if you're playing small stakes cash games against players who will fold out almost everything to a relatively big turn bet and then a really big river bet, an over bet, right? you're going to win almost every pot against the weak players. Again, I'm not saying Tan's weak, so I'm not saying that you need to do that. Obviously, you could also use slightly um, more reasonable bet sizes, like 50 on the turn and then 200 on the river. I don't have a problem with that either. But if it really is player dependence, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the answer of uh, it depends. Like, you know, what should you do? Well, it depends on your opponent. But it really does. And... Um, in general, I think this is a hand that certainly could continue bluffing if he felt inclined, especially if he doesn't have very many bluffs in his range. All right, River is six of spades. I imagine Tan should just check River. Pot's 84,000. If he is going to value bet, it has to be tiny. Um, yeah, I, I would just check here every time. Check and then, you know, check, call, check, fold. It's close. There's a, back, a backdoor flush got there, but you don't, you're not too worried about that in Tan's shoes, especially given he has the jack of spades. It makes it very unlikely he's against the flush. So when you bet here, what are you trying to get called by? You're trying to get called by an underpair, ace high, ace jack, which you block ace 10. So whenever you're blocking a lot of the hands you want to get called by, ace jack mainly, I think it makes sense to do a whole lot of checking. But he goes for a bet. 
Wow. 32,000. Actually, a rather sizable bet. So we bet about third pot. And I am surprised at that. This, this does not make much sense to me because the ace high is going to fold most of the time. Now, let's try to think here if the ace high could conceivably make the call. Um, I, I actually don't think it's insane to call on these spots against players who you think are good, loose, and aggressive who will find bluffs. Um, again, going back to your 1, 2, or 2, 5 example, a lot of players will not find bluffs. So against players who will not find bluffs, and this is just an easy fold. I have not watched Tan play much, so I don't know if he likes to run bluffs, especially small bluffs. I think in general you're going to find that small bluffs tend to be value hands. But you never know, right? So if the players have a decent amount of experience with each other and Badzikowski knows that Tan likes to bluff with like Ace-X here or random hands like Jack-10, I think you could certainly justify the call. But even then, I think this is a very, 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 very loose call. And uh, Badzikowski does make the call. Gets shown the pocket jacks. <laughs> and he says, huh, nice hand. So that's going to be it for today. That was a fun one. Uh, I'm surprised that the jacks turned it, or just, I'm surprised the jacks value bet the river. And I'm surprised the ASI called. But hey, that's how it goes down sometimes when you're playing cash games. I know a lot of people say, whenever you're playing cash games, my opponents just don't fold. What am I supposed to do? The answer is always value bet thinner. I think Jack's here is quite thin, but it, say Tan did have a hand like Queen-Jack. I think Queen-Jack is actually a very, very viable value bet. And a lot of people do not bet Queen-Jack in that spot ever. So if you do play in games where your opponents just call you every time, it seems, then value bet thinner. Don't be afraid to go for thin value because your opponents are making the mistake of calling you too often. If they're making the mistake of calling you too often, stop bluffing so much and value bet more. So that's me it for today. Good luck in your games. If you enjoyed this, check out my cash game masterclass over at pokercoaching.com cash. I go through all the common adjustments you're gonna need to make to beat the vast majority of players you will encounter. And I also teach you how to develop a fundamentally sound strategy so that even if you are playing against the best players in the world, you're gonna hold your own. So have fun, good luck, and I'll talk to you next time.